a dog for sale. I love it. A dog for sale. You know, that's it. That's an interesting story. I wonder if that's really true about that he sold his dog. It's absolutely true. It's been verified. It's been around forever. Yeah. He he talked about it. He couldn't make, he couldn't eat. He couldn't feed the dog. He couldn't afford to feed the well, dog. He's done. He's done well for himself. I'll say that much for him. Yeah, yeah. He has done quite well for himself. Uh, you know, with that script, and he parlayed it into so many different things. You know, uh, Rocky. Uh, then he went on to doing that uh, the Rambo, right. and now he's got this thing called the Tulsa Kings, which I find fascinating. I mean, it's. Have you watched Tulsa Kings? Anybody? Is that the one where he's a mobster who gets out of jail? Moves yeah, he's a mobster. He's a, the, the premise is he's a mobster and he spends 25 years. He, he takes the rap for the for the for the for the godfather of the family. And when he gets out, they say, hey, man, there's no place for you. You're a dinosaur. We're going to move you to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then he breaks from the family and he creates his own family. And it's it's actually it's quite good. He's very good in the role. And by the way, have you seen his daughters? He's got three amazingly good-looking daughters. So, and he's got a he's got a reality show. But speaking of reality and speaking of show, we'll come back to this. Let's introduce ourselves. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our hundred and hundred and eightieth meeting of our current event show, the Soundbroker Roundtable, which we're no longer calling the Roundtable. So I think this is the last time I'm ever going to mention that. This is our 180th meeting, and welcome to our current event show, where everything you hear is an opinion, so do your own research. Before we get into the stories, we're talking about Sylvester Stallone. I guess it had to do um, of how broke you can be and sell your dog. But then again, it also has to do with Halloween, and today's episode is called Halloween First. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, so anyway, hey, everybody on the panel who wants to say something, if if you do want to say something, introduce yourself. Now would be the absolute perfect time. Hello, all. I'm uh, Wayne from downtown Australia. From Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga. Don't leave the Wagga out of Wagga. Yeah, I'm David. I live in Hollywood. I'm a sound guy. Still working. After all these years. Hurt <laughs> out of Seattle. I'm a sound guy also. Well, there you go. And uh, Jan, I am a, I'm a master of all trades. And uh, or wait a second. Uh, Maybe Jack I'm Mark not a master of all trades, but I've come close. I've come close many a time. You know, as I like to say, uh, you know, um, I've never been wrong. I thought I was once, but I was mistaken. You know, so there we are. Welcome, everybody. Um, so we were talking about Halloween. So David. Um, you went down to the capital of Halloween, of all Halloween towns, West Hollywood. West Hollywood. In the 60s, not too cold, uh, between 100 and 200,000 people on a one-mile stretch of Santa Monica Boulevard. And it's pretty incredible. These people, there's of the probably 60% of the people had some sort of costume on. And these are most elaborate costumes all the way down to barely anything. You know, I mean, it, there are a lot of gay people in West Hollywood, so you had a whole lot of asses walking around. And then you had kids and you had adults and you had 150,000 straight people there. I mean, it was a, it was just really a wonderful event. I've done it 10, 12 times now. 
Any, anyway, do you, do you think it was a little bit bigger this year because there's so many actors out of work? Well, it it gets so crowded that I leave by 9.30 because you can't move. It's kind of like you can lift your feet off the ground and, and you'd still be there because there's so many people right in, in the main intersection. So I come early and I leave early and there's still hordes of people coming in. But before COVID, the last time they did that was 2019. So they haven't had it for four years. Last year they were going to have it, but they canceled it because there was a resurgence of the uh, virus just before they had to make the decision. Even though by the time Halloween came around, it really wasn't so bad. But the point is, is that before they had the uh, the COVID, so 2019, maybe maybe 2017, they said they had 400,000 people there. And this year they only have between one and 200,000. When I say only, it's ridiculously crowded. I just can't imagine. Uh, I was there that year, they had 400,000, but I think I left early because it was just getting insane. So hey, what, why don't you show some photos? Why don't you share what? your screen? You were showing them earlier. Some that? of these photos are just amazing. Right. It's photo time. David, what now, do let they me do ask you, in Let West me Hollywood? ask you this question before you, or as you're showing the photos, was there any Barbie contest? Uh, co oh, there were so uh, many Barbies and Kens. Probably 50 Barbies and 50 Kens were there. Yeah, the, that is the that was the number one costume this year. Yeah. Now, I didn't get any pictures of Barbies and Kens. I think I might have gotten a Ken. I'm not sure. But we'll see in a minute. I have to, uh, let's see, share screen and go to this picture. All right. Is that what? Betty Boop? That's two Betty Boops. Well, no, they should. They didn't have the red mini dress on. They were just people. Then there's a lot of groups. A lot of people come, you know, like this is what, seven. There's a lot of pictures. Great costumes. Uh, it, that one I didn't get. There they are. And a lot of people come from Japan. It's pretty amazing. Uh, okay, so let's, I can't, I, yeah, that's, yep, yep. Wow, look at those dinosaurs. That's great. Wow, that's a great kiss costume. Gene Simmons was really there. All right, I'm on. Oh, that was Gene. Sim that wasn't no. Gene Simmons, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just really. This one just sat and posed. Wow. Wow, that looks. That guy in the co police costume looks really good. Yeah, there were so many. Uh, there I am. I have a cleaver through my head. You can't really see it in that picture. Oh, yeah, 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 you can. You can on the top, yep. I gave my camera to somebody. They took a lot of pictures. Holy cow. Oh, very, very good. This was a by the way, that's his, that's his sister next to him. And the, that's my sister. That it says, don't mess with the chef. So we kept telling people, all I did was ask for some salt, and I got a cleaver through my head. <laughs> so that's a family. There are a lot of kids there. A very tall horse face. <laughs> there's, there's people everywhere. Wow, that is, and that's in the middle of the street in West Hollywood. They block off a mile of of uh, 
Is it Santa Monica Boulevard? Santa Monica Boulevard. Now the dog was a, the dog was a bumblebee too. That was really cute. <laughs> that guy had no head with the hat on. He must have been short. I had my picture taken with a lot of people. Very, very cool. Very, very, very cool. Oh man, you give your camera to somebody. Look what they do. <laughs> Okay. There is a there is an app on the iPhone that allows people to take one only one picture with you. That's a good pic. That one looking like Lady Gaga. That's good. Oh, these guys were just so into it. <laughs> I'll bet they were. Very good. The Day of the Dead, which was also yesterday. That's very good. I just saw the movie Coco again. It's really, it brings tears to my eyes every time I watch the movie. It, it's it's so good. If you've if you haven't seen the movie Coco, uh, yeah. by uh, it's I believe it's a Pixar film. Really, really good animation, phenomenal, good storyline, great music. It's yeah. all it's all amazing. Well, thanks for sharing those pictures. I really appreciate it. Um, let me tell you what's happened. Actually, you can keep sharing the pictures while I tell you what happened with me. So I woke up yesterday morning on Halloween morning and I said to Bo, I said, Bo, I said, do people, do people celebrate Halloween here? Do they come to the house uh, and ask for candy? She says, why would they do that? I said, well, it's a custom of called trick or treat. And I had to explain to her what it meant to be trick or treat, because in Thailand, one of the things, there's no idioms or there's no no, no um, um, slang. It's basically very literal when you translate the language. And so I explained to her what trick or treat meant. And, uh, you know, she says, no, no people come. So about 5.30 or so, I go to play pickleball and she's here at the house. And all of a sudden I get a text message. She says, there are kids at the front door. What do I do? <laughs> What'd you tell them? I said, well, give them some candy, you know? So she said, well, we don't have any candy. You know, she says, I, 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 we have, we have big jars of uh, potato chips. I said, well, give them that, you know? And uh, yeah. so she gave them these huge jars of potato chips, you know, like you give uh, them money. You know, big, yeah, that's what I told her too as well. But that, at that point in time, it was too late. And so anyway, so I came home and she was so excited that she had kids at the house. And then all of a sudden, there's another knock on the door and more kids come. And um, two kids come and we 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 have just enough candy, two more pieces of candy that she bought that she was able to do because uh, she went to the store to buy more candy. But she only bought two boxes of little, you know, little giveaway candies. And um, I'm explaining you can give money, you can give an apple, you know, but the candy is the best thing to give. Uh, anyway, she says, well, we're out. And so she runs to the store and buys a bunch more candy. And when she gets home, the door knocks again, and these three little girls are in costume. And I, uh, they, they spoke perfect English. And I asked them where they were from, thinking that they were from America. And it turns out that they were from Russia. And I did not know that Russians celebrated Halloween. But it was Bo's first, first trick-or-treat experience, and she was beaming. And then, of course, after we had all that candy that she finally gone to the store three times, and now we had all this candy, no one else showed up after that. <laughs> so, Jane, Typical. Can, can I ask the question? 
if you don't have candy, do you get tricked? What? How does it work? Well, if you don't have candy, they just, you know, toilet paper your house or, or throw <laughs> eggs at you or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever mean trick they want to come up with. Kurt, what did you do when, when people didn't give you candy as a kid? Uh, just went to the next house, I guess. Nothing devious. <laughs> you see, coming from New York, it wasn't that simple. You had to do something, you know, you know, no candy. Oh, we kill you. We kill you. You know, like, like Ahmed, the, uh, the terrorist, you know, um, but no, everybody in New York always had candy. There's never, you know, what, what you would do when you'd run out of candy, you'd shut off your house lights so that it looked like nobody was home. Um, <laughs> Well, back then, everybody also, you there was no credit cards, so it was all change. So there's always change in the house to give to the kids. Yeah. And, of course, I used to trick-or-treat for UNICEF when I was a kid as well to give to the yeah. poor children in the world. You know? And that's how they got us to eat. That's how they got us to eat in America, you know, where, where they would say, hey, there are starving children in China. Eat all your food. They're starving so you could have food, you know, and uh, I never could quite grasp that concept. And uh, meanwhile, I got fat and the kids in China just died of starvation. Just didn't seem fair to me, you know. Anyway. Well, speaking of Hollywood, speaking about, you know, what's going on, unfortunately, Matthew Perry died and and he died drowning in a hot tub. Now, I don't know. I, I, have, I haven't heard the news today. Did they figure out how he drowned in the hot tub? Uh, they won't know for a long time. Well, may he rest in peace. But that's really hard to do drowned in a hot tub, you know, oh, without. Yes, well, they did say know? they didn't find any signs of foul play or drugs or alcohol. Right. So yeah. he recovered for a long time. So maybe he had a heart attack would be my yeah, guess. Well, that just means he didn't have any chickens or ducks or geese at his house when they say foul play. So there was no there were no no birds at the house. But who knows? It could have been mischievous deeds gone down. That's it. Tip the waitress. Jan will be here all week. Try the veal. Also, thanks. It's really good. I got to tell you. Try the veal. Um, but listen, all, all kidding aside, you know who else died this week? Bobby Knight. He passed away. And, you know, bringing Indiana. I mean, that Hoosier movie was phenomenal with Gene Hackman, you know, that, that played basically his life, I believe. Right? I don't know. Well, it's an opinion show. Do your own research. Well, so you that know, means there's one more say. then. It means there's one more yet to come. Well, yeah, and it's early in the week. But uh, I'll tell you on the on the uh, on the other hand, um, you know, uh, things are changing and, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, guess who's guess who's being sued? Trump. No, no. Guess who's being sued? That's it. The guess who's being sued. I just thought I'd say it like that. Uh, Randy Bachman, Burton Cummings. Um, there was a cover band called Guess Who's. H O A W H O apostrophe S and they're, they're a takeoff on the guess who. And so the original band members are suing them for false advertising. You know what BTO stands for? Bachman Turner Overdrive. Better turn it off. <laughs> Better turn it off. There you go. I should have known it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. And David, you're out with Hotel California, but they're not yeah. being sued because they're, they're the official. They're not called the, the Eaglets. 
or anything. <laughs> they're, they're actually authorized. They're... The Beagle, the Eagles have authorized them to play their music. So they are unsued. It's just the opposite of being sued. They've been yeah. approved. Yep. And uh, yep, and Bruce Spring. I want. I'm sure there must be a Bruce Springsteen cover band. But Bruce Springsteen uh, just announced 22 dates in Europe uh, for next year. So he's going to be going out on the road next year. Is he canceled? And they, you know what they say? That Taylor Swift is now a billionaire. This tour put her. This tour in a movie put her over the top, and now she is a billionaire. Congratulations to Taylor Swift. Because I know she's I know she's an avid listener of this podcast. Sometimes she even watches it. But uh, you know, I'm so Taylor, I just want to say thanks for everything, you know, and I, I'm not asking you for any money, but I would appreciate it if you just, you know, put it out on your feed that you do watch this so that other people can come and join us. We'd like to have some Swifties in the room. Did At least that was what, Wayne uh, was telling me that before we started the show. Right, did you Wayne? See what Denver did <laughs> after they beat the Chiefs. So my, uh, um, yes, I did. I, I heard what they played. <laughs> Magic Johnson just became a yeah. billionaire. <clears throat> but Magic Johnson made his money doing business deals. He hardly made yeah, anything. Pretty amazing. I mean, he, he, that whole area down was SoCal, um, you know, Englewood used to be, you know, you used to be scared yeah. to go there except for the forum and the racetrack. He took that yeah. place over and then built it up. He owns parts of the Dodgers. He owns parts of, I mean, he's just really a good businessman and he's doing it, you know, a lot for black people, you know, helping out that them economically. So he's doing good and he's getting rich. It's really a good combination. Speaking of getting rich, you know what blew me away? I read in Bloomberg this week that Steve Ballmer, you know who he is? Yeah. He's number. Yeah. He's like the 17th richest person or something. He's the fifth richest person in the world right now. The fifth richest person in the world. He started out as Bill Gates' assistant. He was the 24th employee in 1980 of, um, of, of Microsoft. And now he's worth some $117 billion. And uh, basically, so the only people ahead of him right now, according to this, was Elon Musk, Bernard Assault. Uh, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, and rounding out the top ten are Larry Ellison, Warren Buffett, Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg, and Sergey Brin. And most of these guys are all uh, from social media, expect. you know. From they're all, they're, you know, they they're all from um, the Silicon Valley era, you know. Ballmer so, was the one know, who's idea. Yeah. Zune was his idea. I did the launch for the Zune with Ballmer up here. That was a that was a that was a failure for sure. Big time. You know, you would think that uh, you would think that somebody from Apple would be in that top 10. But I guess it's because Steve is no longer with us. That's, uh, you know. Oh, here's something that you might find interesting, Kurt. Uh, Meyer is having a demo of their Panther and 2100 LFC subs in Anaheim, California, on the 15th of November. So, by the way, if anybody is interested in, that's listening to the show and wants to go see it, uh, send me an email to soundbroker at gmail and i will send you a link to uh a reservation it's in anaheim it's at the <clears throat> side christian church on the 15th uh and they're going to do a demo of panther and um 2100 lfcs have you do you have any of the 2100s i do now yeah when did you get them i got the first six uh about three weeks ago and i got more on right. order 
Now, how does it compare? How does it compare? Is it still a two to one ratio of tops to bottoms? I haven't used them yet. We haven't deployed them, but all of the info in Map3D shows that it's essentially the same output as a 1100 uh, with a little bit higher response. It goes a little higher. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty much the same amount of energy, amount of output. So yeah, you could do, it depends on the music, but yeah, we typically do about a two to one ratio. Wayne, what do you, Wayne, what do you do down in Australia? Is it a two to one ratio down there too? Or is it upside down? Well, it could be you upside put more down. more than hops? Um, well, I don't know. I, th I don't know. Every system's different, but I quite like a um, flat sounding system. So sometimes that entails, and obviously our, our ear rolls off into those really low frequencies. Um, frighteningly, when you get down into the 40 and the 30s, um, but I think it depends on the spec of the top box. I mean, if you use, you know, if the top boxes, you have to have a look at the two specs. Because uh, now, because everything is different, you know. Like in other words, you know, you, you, when you're when you're having winter, we're having summer. You know, the toilet flows in the opposite direction. <laughs> all of that stuff. So, do you put the do you put the 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 high and mid frequency boxes on the bottom and the subs on the top? Or is it the same as in a North America? No, they put the no, I think it's the ceiling. They yeah, had the stage from right to left, Jan. <laughs> yes. That's right. The, um, so, you know, it's a bit like driving, isn't it? And we just do it opposite. <laughs> but anyway, the, uh, the, um, I think that um, it's probably, you have to look at the spec of the box to see how many subs. But, the, the, but you have to have... If you want to have the really deep frequencies audible, you've got to have more output. I think in I, I read somewhere at some some of those big picture theaters, you know, the the very low frequencies under forty, which there's not a lot of study of, they um and how they behave because they're such long wavelengths and the room has to be big to make them develop. But um, the the um some of those the sound pressure levels are frighteningly more than say the mid band to be audible. Mm -hmm. So now, you feel it is more. it hard to mic up a didgeridoo? Because I hear that it's mandatory by law that every band has a didgeridoo player in the band. Is that is that is that is that oh, true I don't or think false? that's mandatory, but I have mic'd up many didgeridoos. They mic up pretty easy. Sometimes you just put a microphone on the floor and they follow it. And they push it around, mm -hmm. and other times you put the little microphone on the end of it. I it's used to like, uh, it's like upside down bagpipes. <laughs> yes, they dry, and they and they come out quite loud because they're quite a loud instrument, depending on who plays them. They, uh... I'm surprised you don't have one in. The, I, I I see you have a guitar in the background. I'm surprised you don't have one in the house. What well, did you I, do? I figure that you know. Well, I suppose you could make a didgeridoo out of anything if you're good at it. <laughs> you could, but, uh... Just like in the old days when I used to get high, anything could make a pipe. Anything, you know. Wayne's Wouldn't a make didgeridoo. A yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I'd ever be making a didgeridoo. There's quite an art to it, apparently, the proper ones. But mm -hmm. I think the art's more to the, um, the actual how you play it. It's quite hard yeah. to play, apparently. And well, I, obviously, at, it's an opinion show, so you know, there's people opinion that play show. it that don't think that way. But and I will no tell authority. you something. I think we spent enough time on that. All right, moving on. <laughs> you know? Moving on. So guess what? Okay, so today is the first, right? 
I believe it's the first where you guys are, right? It's the first where Second I am. Pete. But tomorrow, tomorrow on November 2nd, uh, now and then, if you don't know what now and then is, it will be released worldwide tomorrow on November 2nd. And it, Paul McCartney says that it will be the last Beatles song. And Lennon wrote it and recorded the song at his home in New York City in the late 70s. It was later worked on McCartney, star George Harrison, and George Harrison died in 2001. So this song, they've been working on this song for decades. Um, and in the mid 90s, uh, it was finished by McCartney and Ringo Starr this year, over four decades later, four decades they worked on this song. It features the original vocals recorded by Lennon that were preserved using artificial intelligence. And the Beatles get back filmmaker Peter Jackson. He was commissioned in 2021 to help bring now and then back to life by applying the same AI restoration techniques used in the groundbreaking documentary. Did you guys see that documentary, by the way? It's amazing if you're a Beatles fan. Fly on the wall. And by 2022, Star McCartney set out to complete the song, which also features new instrumentation from both, uh, from both McCartney and Ringo Starr, plus guitar recordings by Harrison from the 90s to complement Lennon's vocals. So here's, here's the deal. What do you guys think? Do you think, I mean, this is what, 65 years later, I believe, is when the Beatles were having all their hits? I mean, of course, you can't walk into an elevator without hearing Beatle music right now but do you think the kids of today are going to appreciate a song that was written back in the 70s by a band that they think that McCartney you know was in wings well you got to remember that for kids today love the Beatles mm. they're not unknown they're not like you know who was Jerry and the pacemakers these are bands that these kids love so they'll probably enjoy it I'm I'm a bit of a theory um that um if a great song with great melody line us humans will like it it's just that if it gets if it's been if you're in that generation and it, it and it gets played hu uh, humongously then eventually you don't listen to it as much but now that you're 60 years on uh, a great song with a great melody line will still I think um people will enjoy it whether you, whether it's today's music or not well, just what, ask what, Beethoven and Mozart what they think, you know? I mean, there you go. Those guys, are, you know, those, their music is still as popular as ever. I got to go. Bye, have, everybody. All right. You can, have a great week, David. Maybe I'll see um, you next Okay, Dave, we'll talk later. Just before you go, just let you know that Daylight Savings Time is starting, and I will make a decision on what I'm doing with the time of this show uh, before next week. So watch your email, okay? Got to keep but it right at the same time. You just have to get up earlier, that's all. <laughs> or do I have to get up later? That's the question. Fall back, spring forward? I don't know. Enjoy your electronics. I woke up, I woke up thinking way. about it in the middle of the night, saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do next week? Let me just tell you, you know? you're getting up earlier. That's all there is to it. <laughs> there you go. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Also, another thing that's another thing that's really interesting, and it's just, you know, uh, an aside to this that I found as well, uh, and I've been I'm thinking about it, and it's a tip of the week. If you wanted to take a virtual tour of Abbey Road Studios, uh, Google Cutout has a virtual tour online, so you could go to uh, www.abbeyroad.com 
um, anyway, we'll put the link in it. We'll put the link in the show notes. And if you want to see a virtual tour of Abbey Road Studio, you can see it. So anyway, yeah, as far as the music goes with the Beatles, I'm really curious to see whether it whether or not it's going to catch on. It would be amazing if it became a number one song all over the world. But the reality is, is they probably won't be making as much money off of that song as they would if it would have come out 65 years ago because of all the streaming, how many times it would have to be streamed for them to make any money whatsoever, you know? I wonder, and I wonder if they have any merchandise that they're selling, which probably not. But um, what do you guys think about that? Paul's touring again, so maybe they'll have something available with merch. Who knows? So are you excited to listen to it? Are you going to listen to it? Are you going to... I guess you won't have a choice. It'll probably be everywhere. Oh, I'll listen to it. I liked all the stuff they did last time with Free as a Bird and all that stuff. It was all great. I'm sure yeah. it'll be just like that. You know, the one thing about the Beatles songs, you know, now, now Bo, she doesn't speak fluent English, uh, but she does. She speaks it well enough for me to understand what she's saying. And the reality is that she loves the Beatles music. And I realize why she loves the Beatles music so much is because the same reason why like Dua Lupa or, or, or um, um, Taylor Swift, they use a lot of like a melody without words, you know, like la, 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 you know, that kind of stuff, you know, you know, ooku you know, those kind of sounds that the Beatles would put throughout all of their, you know, obladi, oblada, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer came down upon her head. Do, 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 do. You know what I'm talking about? They were just stuck on words. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, well, because in the in the movie, John Lennon says, you know, just say cauliflower until you get the right words. Just use the word cauliflower until you get the right words. So, um, but basically, yes, yesterday and was so I think scrambled eggs. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So here's something interesting because we're all music fans. We're all basically in the music business. That there's an there is an article now out that says that songs that pull on your heartstrings, and the most uh, most of them temporarily soothe the perception of pain. A new study found. So if you're feeling pain, cue up your favorite melancholy and bittersweet tunes, um, like for example Adele's beautiful ballad "To Be Loved." If you needed an, an emotional release, is there what's that, Wayne? I can't see it. Read it. Yeah, and this came where I work. All the goodies came in, and this I collected it last week. So it's not an original Beatles thing, but it's a compilation by EMI of um, Beatles songs. So I just grabbed it because it was in good nick. And what and, is that? What actually is that? So see, there are people that are listening, cassette. not just watching. So you have to explain what you're watching. Well, that's a cassette. It's a dual cassette released by EMI of the Beatles song. Wow how how old is that? Well, I, I was trying to let me see if I can see the date on the, on the, but they're in really good nick. Uh, the, um, the reality is is that I don't even have a cassette player anymore. I still got a cassette player with Dolby S actually. So that was made and distributed in Australia by EMI. What date was it? They didn't date this one. Who knows? It's in good nick though. Well, I it's got to was... be from the late 60s, early 70s. 
Yeah, I, I would think so too. I, I think it's got to be in that era, but it hasn't got a date on it, which is really I have quite... to get the hamsters on the wheel to turn the motor for that cassette player. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so anyway, I just yeah. collected it the other day because it came in in a bunch of of um, into Vinnie's. You got Vinnie's in America, haven't you? Where they? What is that, Wayne? Vinnie's. Don't you have Vinnie's in America where people bring their stuff in? And then we sort it and it gets sold cheaply or some stuff goes to the, well, lots of it goes to the tip actually, but it, um, and uh, they bring all their stuff they don't want in. They, uh, oh, I think we have those, it, like we call them. Is it like a stores. Goodwill? Is it like a Goodwill or a thrift store, Jim? Yeah, I think that's what he's describing. Whereas you have stuff you don't want, you donate it to a charity. And then uh, you, we have it. stores like that in America, the Salvation Army. Same and deal. we have, uh, we have uh, uh, Goodwill. Uh, you know how much money the the CEO of Goodwill makes? It's Money. frightening. Millions and millions of dollars. This guy makes millions, and basically people donate their stuff so that they don't have to throw it out. Uh, and he sells it to other we people that need it. I bought many stuff, many, many, many things at Goodwill over the years. Yeah, but now Goodwill—they're like a retail store. They sell everything at top dollar. Wow. My yeah, head so COVID changed everything or what? We even have it, a high-end Goodwill store in Orange County. Wow. That's called Betterwill. Wow. Betterwill, yeah. Goodwill. Great Will is what it's called. Betterwill. <laughs> so Vinny's in Australia, and I think it's the same all over. Hey, I Kirk were, is uh, on one tonight. He's got good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's <laughs> always funny. I love him. Must be the cold beds. <laughs> they pretty much do the same thing, Jan. But they set they they bring it in. People donate their stuff, and um, then some of it it gets sold at a cheap rate, and um, for so it's affordable. Uh, and other stuff they donate to places, mm -hmm. and um, it's a good organisation. But I thought it was all. It's been going since the sixteen seventeen hundreds or something. I did think they yeah. were in the states, though. Anyway, there's a piece of. Trivia, and I do two days a week there. And um, well, there you go. I have to say this though, well, Jan, an awful lot of stuff that goes to the tip comes in as well <laughs> that should have went in the bin. <laughs> but anyway, you got to yes. But uh, yesterday, like I had, I had a, over a thousand dollars worth of retail clothes still had the tag on them, and it was well and truly the, like I opened up one bag and I'm sorting it. And there was over a thousand dollars Australian of of brand new goodies donated, and that happens every now and again. Yeah. The, um... Do you know that Amazon has auctions where you could buy pallets of stuff that people return? And so what they do is they 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 they, they when people when they when Amazon gets returns and the vendors don't want it back because it's too expensive to send it back to the vendors, they just palletize it. They just throw lots of stuff in these pallets and then they they sell the pallets and mm. uh, they auction off the pallets and nobody knows what's in the pallets. It could be home goods. It could be automotive parts. It could be televisions. It could be a, a million and one things in these pallets and you buy these pallets and people buy these pallets and then open up the pallets and, and sell the items individually back on Amazon or eBay. And they make a lot of money doing mm -hmm. that. 
Is that like they got a telly show that from the states that they show where you go to the ga go to the garage, and uh, is that similar where no one knows really what's in the garage? They can sort of guess. Oh, and... they they call that storage wars. I think yeah, what they call wars. that show. Yes, yes, storage yes, war, where people you know where people bid on storage lockers um you know because you don't know what's inside because a lot of people you know some people will die and the storage locker goes unclaimed or people don't have the money to to pay for their storage locker or they forget about it hmm. so it's yes, anyway i've watched that show a few times yeah um, quite quite interesting they get pretty motivated. I mean, that's I don't a think... great way to get rid of your stuff. You pay for it. You pay for one month of a storage locker. You put everything that you don't want in that storage <laughs> locker, and then you don't pay for it anymore. And now somebody, you know, you so it costs you only the amount of money that it costs you to bring the shit over to the storage locker and the month of storage locker fees, and then you forget it. And hey, and you've gotten rid of you cleaned out your house. It's a great idea. Thanks, Wayne. But this is just an opinion <laughs> show, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes, it's an opinion. We're making this up. Actually, advising anyone, make your own, make up your own mind. Hey, Jan, I love that's that. right. Jan, I love that. Idea. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I never Jan, thought I of it before. Wayne, opinion. thanks a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, right now it's uh, it's it's you know when I when I sold the office building, I I thought I had thousands of dollars worth of revenue that I was going to be able to, you know, recapture from all of the things that I had in that office. It turns out it cost me thousands of dollars to have it removed. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> COVID, thank you, COVID. The COVID changed everything. Oh, by the yeah. way, speaking of everything being changed, I, I mean, this is a sad story, but the FDA here in America, warns about 26 different eyedrop products, including from large store brands like Target, Rite Aid, CVS, that could lead to eye infections and vision loss. There, Evidently, there was a contaminated lot with a drug-resistant bacteria, and some patients have experienced vision loss and surgically had to have their eyes removed, and some people died. So if you have any kind of eye drops that you're not sure of and you bought recently well there's a link in the we're going to put the link in the show notes from cnn and i believe they tell you how to dispose of but whatever you do don't put them in your eyes again um so especially if you bought it from a, a major company like target or walmart's or rite aid or cvs so do not use those eye drops okay that's uh, what i'll tell you so as long as you still do have your vision, um, I will tell you a secret that I heard, which is really cool. And there are, you guys watch Netflix? You have Netflix everywhere in the world. You have the Netflix in Australia, right? Yeah, we have it, but I haven't, I haven't got it. Wow. And you call yourself a human being? Unbelievable. <laughs> it costs you money, you know, Jan, that. Well, actually, my phone company gives me Netflix, so oh, I don't, yeah. uh, you know, so it's part of my it's part of my plan. And a lot of companies do that. You'll find something, you buy something, and they give you something else. Like if you buy an Apple product, they give you Apple TV for a period of time. Um, Kurt, do you have Netflix? Yeah, mostly so my daughter can pirate it. I have to call her if I need to know the password to log in if I ever want to watch anything. 
So it's interesting because the reason I say that, Wayne, is because the story that I'm about to tell you about Netflix is from Australia, oh, from okay. your hometown. Wow, Walla there you Walla. go. Walla Walla. <laughs> if I knew your address, I would say it's coming from next door. So be careful. But I don't know your address, but I still think it's coming from uh, Australia. Anyway, so they found that Netflix has these codes and there's 27,000 secret Netflix code that will unlock hidden content on Netflix. So for example, let's say you wanted to watch an action comedy. You can go to Netflix and type in 43040 and all of the Netflix action comedies will show you in a list so that you could pick out what it is you wanna watch. And for spy thrillers, that number is 9147. And if you like stand-up comedy, that number is 11559. So don't take my word for it. I'm, we're going to put two links in the show right now. One is about the secret code guide, and the other one will be the gender list. So look at them both, and that way you'll be able to see if you want to watch Netflix and you don't want to scroll through their screen, you want to figure out what you want to watch in advance, that's how you do it. So, um, And that's my tip of the week. And that's about it. I don't really have anything else to talk about. I wish so, somebody could tell us what the oldest Halloween candy was. Oh, I know what it is. The oldest Honey. Halloween candy. Ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages. Uh, do we have a drum roll? Let me see. I don't, I might have a drum roll, but I. Oh, I wrong, wrong drum roll. I don't do <laughs> But the oldest Candoween, the oldest Halloween Oh boy, the oldest Halloween candy is the candy corn. That's the ones that look like the little teeth. Wow. They come to a point with white and orange and yellow. It's like eating candy wax. corn. Gross. I used to love that candy, but you know, candy is, you know, there's it's all sorts of sugar in it, and to say the least, that's why it's sweet. But John Oliver did a story on chocolate this week. Um, uh, I watched it on YouTube. I'm too cheap to buy HBO Max. So, but they do they do put his his main story of the week out on YouTube, and it's really cool. He he put out a story about the chocolate industry, and I did not know this, but all of cocoa seems to come from only two places in in, in the world. Um, and one of them is Ghana, and the other one I forgot. I think it's West Africa. I'm not really sure. I can't remember, but Ghana is one of them. And basically, they pay peanuts, not even peanuts, for the cocoa. And last year, the the chocolate industry was a multi-billion-dollar industry, and they don't pay anything to these farmers. And, of course, the big thing is child labor, because these farmers have children that work on the farm. And some... You know, they have some, you know, I mean, it, it, in the poorer nations, there's there's there is a, such a thing as where the uncle or the aunt will give the child to their cousins or their their brothers uh, and and put them to work. And it's a sad thing, but that's how it happens in the world. And chocolate is one of those industries where they use child labor to to farm the cocoa bean. So, so if they're paying them peanuts, is that how the peanuts get into the chocolate that Tina was talking about at the top of the show? 
It's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> or the monkeys eat them and poop them out and put them into it. I don't know. I'm not really 100% sure. But there is possible that that happens. Oh, by the way. Thank you. Try the meal. Okay. They've, they've had a show on telly here lately called the, the Chocky Wocky Doo-Ha. Have you seen that? It's in the UK. But they've been running every... I've seen it three times now. The Chocky Wocky Doo-Ha. And they make there you go. I think I have something here that will celebrate that. Let me see. Where is it? Let's see. <laughs> nope, I guess not. <laughs> Were you able to hear that? No. No, not properly. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... Success at last. Success at last. Anyway, that's it. I can't think of anything else to talk about. You guys have anything you want to talk about? I think there's a... um. Aussie football team going to LA shortly. Is that uh, not LA? I'm um, Vegas. Is that a candy cane hanging off the top of your refrigerator? Yeah. Next to the bear? No, that's oh, that's a, the one with the pen in it with the, the Christmas pen. It's hard to tell. It's a, it's a, I think it's Daffy Duck. Next to the bear. Oh, you mean the little torch? That's a torch. The thing behind. Yeah, that's a that's a torch. I missed the cornflakes days. Sorry. What was that, kid? I missed the cornflakes days. Oh, they're still yeah. there. Cornflakes are still down there. And the chooks up the top. Yeah, we there. all went out. Thanks to you, Kellogg's had a banner year the first year that we did this show. <laughs> Everybody went out and bought cornflakes. You know, <laughs> they're sold all over the world to children yes, of all are. ages. That's about it. So what's up? What's up on your week, Kurt? What do you got coming up? Oh, what have I got? Um, we're kind of transitioning into more all corporate right now. Um, I got a bunch of meetings. I've got a couple of designs I got got finished for a uh a church and a theater I've been doing some work with. I got asked to put a sound system into a church that was designed by the primary architect of the 1962 World's Fair, which was here in Seattle. And it was completed in 69. The entire church is concrete and curved. Wow. I think that's a job for conventional speakers. Talk about I, yeah. the challenge. <clears throat> the guy's hip, though, the, the pastor, I went and met with him, and he's like, wouldn't it make a lot of sense to have lots of little speakers down close to the people? And I'm like, finally, somebody actually gets it. Yeah, and Meyer idea. happens to make a good speaker that would do that. Yep, MM4s. That's what I'm going to do. A bunch of MM4s and little X20s. So I got to get that all built in 3D and do a whole presentation. But um, I got well, that. I, got I have a lead perfect. right now. I have a lead for you on the Milos. And it'll take them all. Take It'll take all the Milos you got and then some. Uh, it is for an outdoor stadium uh, that this guy is meeting with them right now. He just got hired and he's meeting with them today. I already spoke with him two times already and uh, he's very interested. So oh, that great. might be good news for you. Yeah, that would be great. Anyway, and Wayne, what's up on your, what's up on your agenda? Well, this week I'm doing a couple of shows. We're doing a, um, well, I'm working for another company, but I'm, we're doing uh, the Relay for Life, which is a, the cancer uh, funded fundraiser and uh, everyone um, 
goes and sleeps overnight and they walk around in circles and turn around and go the other way and they fundraise. They get sponsored to do that. That's tomorrow. Well, I'm loading the truck today, actually, but um, later today, and that's all day tomorrow and Saturday. Well, there you go. That's a busy... Well, it sounds like you got a good week planned. I, got I a pretty good don't week. know what I've got planned. I'm planning a trip to Bangkok. I want to go up to Bangkok. I got three or four different friends coming into Bangkok. And so, you know, Bangkok's one hour flight and Bo and I are planning on a trip up to Bangkok. So um, uh, I'll, when I know it, I'll let you know. But so one show next week or the week after we'll be coming from live from Bangkok. So there you have it. I mean, it really doesn't matter where it's coming from. As long as I'm in a room, all you could see is a room anyway. So I could do what Kurt does and put up a, a background, the virtual background. But the, the pathetic like thing is, is I'm only 25 feet away from that. <laughs> that is. Hey, I'm Kurt. <laughs> I've been doing so, a, a bunch of work here at the, at the desk, so I figured I'd put that in there. Yeah. So Kurt, well, the interesting doing... thing about the virtual backgrounds, as soon as you move, you could tell it's a virtual background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know that's why I could rock my chair back and forth, and I'm still in focus. You know, doesn't change the background. Although I have a mesh chair, and it looks kind of strange when I do that, but on my end, but looking at it on a TV monitor, it looks fine. Anyway, uh, if that's it, then we will. Uh, Tina, you have anything you want to share before we uh, say goodbye to the um, media public? I just was very happy that the Raiders fired that um, head coach today. That's what I was very happy about. I'd just like to just put it out there for the world to hear. <laughs> there you go. Tina was actually one of the people that were, was fighting for this to get the coach replaced. Uh, she had petitioned <laughs> the team uh, and she'd gotten many, many, many email back from the from the team owner saying, uh, mind your own business. That's what they were saying. Mind your own business. It was a year to the date where I had initially started it. <laughs> Maybe he can coach in that stadium with the Milos. <laughs> That's it. There'll be room. There'll be room. Anyway, okay. with that in mind, I think we should say goodbye to the media public. We'll stay here and talk again. Uh, if you've watched the show. Oh, by the way, we have an extra listener. We went up to 366 uh, YouTube subscribers, which is pretty impressive, if you ask me. You know, it sometimes it really bothers me that I'll post something on Facebook that means something to me. And I'll get maybe 25 people giving it a comment. And then I see somebody else in the industry that will put up something that's really a kind of meaningless thing about current events and they'll put it up and they'll get, you know, hundreds of, of likes. And I say to myself, why am I not popular like that? You know, why is it that my posts are not getting those kind of clicks? You know, what, you know, what do I got to do to get that many likes? You know, but then again, I get emails from Facebook saying my reels are in the top 4% of all reels, you know, which uh, I don't get because it doesn't seem like I've got that many views, but I guess there's so many people on Facebook that if you get a certain amount of likes, you're in that top percentage anyway. So that's where it's at. And we've got four, four or 5,000 followers on Facebook, but I doubt, I don't know how, we get about, I think on Facebook, people are watching it about what, 40, 50 times, some shows as much as a hundred times. So we're out there. We're out there in social media. So remember to give us a thumbs up 
uh, you know, tell us people you like it, share the show and invite people to come join us on the panel. Uh, the more the merrier. And with that in mind, I want to remind you all that it's daylight savings time. So I don't know what that means for me here, trying to figure it out, but I'm not that good in math. So I really couldn't figure it out. What time I'm going to have to wake up tomorrow, next week for the show. Well, or maybe I can hour. sleep later. I don't know. I can't figure it out. One hour early. So when I, well, I'm hoping it's uh, an hour later. Either way, the sun might not be in David's eyes anymore. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. You know, you would think that he would have done something, but I guess it, you know, there are certain, you know, there are certain things that mean something to people and certain people, uh, certain things that don't mean as much. As long as you're getting the the idea out there, it's really not as important about the aesthetics. And we're not office hours. We're not like, you know, we're not, I, I don't say your your face has to be here. Your, 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 your sound volume has to be negative 23. I don't do that. I just figure, you know, it is what it is. If you want to listen through it, you can listen through it. If you don't, you don't. I, I actually do it. You remember we started the show because during COVID, you know, everybody was lost, you know, nobody knew what was going on. Everybody was, uh, everybody was, you know, up in the air of what what the future will hold and i guess in a in a manner of speaking that's where we are today nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring i mean you've got you know this is the this you're, this is probably the longest you've gone during your day that you haven't heard anything about the negativity that's going on in the middle east or all of the different things that are happening in the world that could be affecting our lives forever here on the American political scene, you know? And so I wanted to keep it that way. And I might just start another show, which I've been really thinking about. I started thinking about, you know, ask the sound broker, but then I also thought about, well, maybe I should just do hanging out with Jan and doing a show like that where we could go into the political, you know, talking politics with Jan and bring your own political opinion, of course, uh, I haven't done that yet, but I've been thinking about it. You know, I used to do something called thinking out loud, where I would do it every day while driving to the office. I had a Sennheiser uh, clip mic that I'd put on and I would record my thoughts as I was driving to the office. And I was, you know, uh, I called the show um, thinking out loud, which it was. And that's how we started, uh, you know, broadcasting to the world. And I'm thinking about doing it again, but somehow it's one thing to think about it and it's another thing to do it. And all it takes is the ability to say, I'm going to do it now and do it. So that's all there is to it. You know, you got to do it every day, a little bit every day gets you a long way. And with that, have a great week, everybody. Remember you make it happen. Give us a thumbs up, uh, share the show and uh, follow us on Facebook and YouTube and with that in mind, remember, you make it happen. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you again for our 181st show next week. Um, same time, same place. But it'll be a different time and a place because of Daylight Saving Time. And with that, we are off the air. <laughs>